It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. And now here's today's special guest, Joseph Mockler. All right. Well, if you guys can turn to James. You know, on Monday, I was like, I feel like this so many times. I'm like, I'm like, Ugh! I have like a burden. I'm like, how do I articulate what I'm feeling? And I feel kind of like that today with this. It's like, I have so many thoughts, but it's like, how do I put this, how do I take it, put it on my tongue, and you guys receive it in your ears so you get what my burden is? Um, I guess that's what good communicators do. Anyways, um, James. So I've been studying through James, just finished it up. Um, and one of my favorite Bible teachers, he's like, he's like, people ask me, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite book of the Bible? He's like, well, it's the book I'm studying. And I finally kind of realized that, I'm like, that still makes sense. Because I was, like, in Hebrews, I'm like, before this, I'm like, oh, Hebrews is awesome. And then I'm getting to James, like, oh, James is awesome. And now I'm into First Peter, and First Peter is great. Um, but there's just so much, and it's like, oh, man, I can spend so much time studying these books. It's awesome. Um, but I love James. And one, a reoccurring theme in James is the tongue. Um, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. And a couple different passages in James, and we're going to be all across the place. But we'll start out in James 1, 26. We'll just, I'm just going to read through a couple of these passages, and then we'll come back and talk about them later. So James 1, 26 says this, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Okay? And goes on and says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Then turn over to James 3. And this is a longer passage. Um, but James 3, verse, well, let's, well, let's start in verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn their, their whole body, and we turn their whole body. Look at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Father, our, our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, and grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. 
So those are the two passages I want to start with. Um, so does anybody have any thoughts? That I, this, is, this is really interesting to me. How many words we use daily, the average person? Let's take a guess. There's a difference. No, there is a difference. Um, guy. What do you think? Come on, give me a number. Okay, Dakota, what do you think? Okay, what do you ladies think for girls? 60,000? Okay. Okay, anybody, any other bids? Wow, that's almost spot on. Okay, so men um, use, on average, 15,669 words. Girls use, on average, 16,215 words. Uh, it was interesting, though, the study they did, they said that, um, that's the average, right? So they said the people at both ends of the spectrum were both guys. That the guy spoke as low as, like, 2,000 words and as high as 40,000 words a day, um, which is interesting. Um, but I'm thinking, wow, like, who uses that many words? Like, I hope, do I use that many words? Um, I was thinking when, uh, when I was young, probably, like, wow. Uh, Five, six, five, six. My brother can attest to this. My mom coined a phrase for me. So, okay, so I had, I'm like, right, I have five older brothers and three older sisters. So it's like, by the time it ever gets to me, I have no chance to talk. So when I get an opportunity, I'm gone. <laughs> so when I would get alone with somebody, that was, that was my opportunity. So my mom coined a phrase for me that I had diarrhea of the mouth, <laughs> which was probably somewhat true. Um, and it was funny, I... <laughs> I was uh, helping one of my friends in town um, oh, a few months ago, and he has a little boy, um, and Truett's probably four years old, right? And I was working on their toilet, fixing their toilet, and just nonstop. He was just, like, gone. Like, just going at it, saying whatever. Anything came to his mind, tell me his stories, whatever. And, like, you know, he had no shortage of words. Um, so that was probably me a lot. But I was thinking, you know, how much do we use words? And do we think of what we do with our words? It's interesting in Matthew, uh, oh, where did I put that note? Matthew 12, Jesus says, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. And think of that, that for 16,000 words every day that I say that I'm gonna have to stand before God and give an account for what I did with that. And, you know, I was, so, so in this, in James, um, James 3, it's interesting. You know, it's like the, the tongue is like a rudder of a ship, that it's a great thing, it's a, it's a small thing, but it boasts great things. And I was thinking, you know, okay, right, I'm from Florida, so driven boats, right, you have this huge boat or ship that you're driving, and your rudder, rudder is tiny. It's so small, but yet it'll, it'll set the course for your entire boat. So the same way for us, right, our body is big, but yet our tongue has so much to, to, it sets the course for what we're doing. But I was thinking about it, it's not the tongue, though. The tongue is just an overflow of our heart. In the same way that the rudder does not determine where the ship goes. The captain does. He just turns the rudder wherever he desires. So the captain of our heart, our heart s tells our tongue what to say, and out of that 
is, is where our heart comes from. Jesus said in that same passage, a few verses later, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, you know, I was thinking about that. What's, what's in our heart? I, was, I, was, I asked a guy yesterday, um, he's, he's an older guy, and he, he just disciples men, so he does um, full-time. And the hundreds, maybe thousands of men he's dealt with, I asked him, like, how long does it take for you to tell, um, with talking to a guy, what's important to him? He's like, it, it'll vary from time to time, depending on what our conversation's like. He said, usually within three minutes, I can tell what's important to them. Ooh, three minutes that our tongue says all that. And like, what's important to us, right? And what are, what's coming out of our mouth that if people look at us, would they see the Spirit of God in us? Do they see what's important? And truly, it's, it's not just, it's, right, it's, it's what's in us is going to come out and it's going to be made known. It's like we can't hide it. Um, you know, Proverbs talks so much about the tongue. It uses the word tongue 19 times, lips 42 times, and mouth 50 times. So if you want to know about the uses of our tongue, read Proverbs. There's a couple I just pulled out um, that I thought were neat. Um, the wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. This one's funny. Even a fool, when he holds his peace or is quiet, is counted wise. And he that shuts his lips is esteemed as a man of understanding. And whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. That's true. Man. Um, it was interesting. In Proverbs 31, it says, uh, about the Proverbs 31 woman, that she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And as, as I was studying through James, what struck me was, it's easy for me to be like, oh, to look at the person who's talkative and always talking and be like, I'm not that person. Because I'm usually not, I have plenty to say, but the Lord's helped me to draw, draw that in since I was young. But what the Lord really convicted me of is in, in James 1, where it says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. And I was thinking of bridling his tongue, right? Typically, we would think of that as someone who just continually talks, right? They have no control over their tongue. But when someone has control of their tongue, it's not just that. You can fall on the opposite side of being quiet all the time and not saying anything when the Lord wants you to speak. And that's where my would fall in, where the Lord's like, speak, speak. I'm like, I don't want to speak. But, you, so both of those are sin, where it's, where it's, we're talking way too much and we're just saying wasteless, use, useless things, or we're not saying what God wants us to speak. And so I challenge you, what's yours? What's, what side do you fall on? And to allow the Lord to work that, and, and just thinking that when God gets a hold of somebody's life, one of the first things you'll notice in is their tongue and what comes out of their tongue. Because it's a change of the heart, right? And so much of what God wants to do in this generation, so much of what we do, we use our tongue for almost everything we do. I was just looking at, in 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Just think about, just listen, how many of these are with the tongue? He says there's, 
Diversities of gifts, the same spirit. There's diversity of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay, so listen to this. For one is given a word of wisdom to the spirit. Okay, a word. To another, a word of knowledge, the same spirit. Okay, a word. To another, the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing, the same spirit. To another, works of miracle. To another, prophecy. Okay, you speak that. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. Yes, the tongue. To another, the interpretation. Well, the interpretation, you speak it with your tongue. And so, so much of what God wants to do and does through us, he wants to do through his people, is with the tongue. And, you know, I was thinking, um, in Isaiah, when Isaiah saw the holiness of God, and he saw God for who he is, it's interesting what he said. He said, in Isaiah 6, he first he cries out, um, I'll just read it. He says, in the, king that, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shooken by the voice of him that cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, okay, so he sees the holiness of God for who he is. And his first response is this. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And he didn't say, look, my hands are unclean, but he's like, my tongue is. And so what's our tongue? What's proceeding out of our tongue? And not just that, but check to say, okay, what's in the heart, right? You know, I, I remember my life management teacher in high school said this. And I think it was a great piece of advice. He's like, girls, if you want to know what a guy's going to be like that you're marrying, be around when he hurts himself real bad. <laughs> it's so true. Because whenever he does that, it, it, the immediate response is what's inside his heart. And the Lord has so changed my heart in that I... I used to get, oh man, if I would, I, if I would do stuff for myself, I would, I would just get so frustrated and angry. Um, but the Lord has so changed my heart in that. Like, I was up skiing for the first time a few weeks ago. And, okay, I was told by the people I went, that I, that I did better than most people. But you still fall over, right? And, and I remember this one time, I was, I, was, I almost stopped. And I was just like, going along, putting along real slow. And for some reason, my skis, my skis got tangled up, and I just went, boom. <laughs> I fell over and, and landed. I just remember hitting the floor and just, like, just burst out laughing at myself. But I'm like, there's a work the Lord has done in my heart, because normally, I would have been so upset with myself before. I would just be angry, like, <clears throat> like I'm so frustrated. But it's, in a, it's, it's whatever is in your heart will come out immediately. And, you know, challenge you guys, what, what is coming out of your mouth? And allow the Lord to search that to see, okay, whatever's coming out is just an overflow of what's in my heart, what's in there all the time. And to allow the Lord to change that, because he wants to use your tongue for good. I see in the Old Testament, 
you had the two, two main characters in the Old Testament were prophets and priests. And prophets were the voice for God, that they spoke to the people on behalf of God. Right? God had their tongue. And he could speak to the people whatever he desired because he had their tongue. It was yielded and given to him. And priests stood before God on behalf of men. And I think we are called to be both of those people today. That we're supposed to tell people the truth of God's word. And at the same time, be intercessors to stand before God on behalf of other people. That's right, Casper agrees. And You know, and I was just thinking that James says if you don't have control of your tongue and if your tongue is not producing the right fruit, then that should be a heart check because if it's not, your religion is, is useless, which is strong words, but it's a reality. If God has not yet gotten a hold of your tongue, do you really have the Lord? Because we can think things all, all, all the time. And that's what he even says. He's like, look, he's like, he, he gives a contrast. He's like, pure and undefiled religion is this. It's doing something. It's not just, oh, I have this, this mental esteem, right? You can come here, sit in classes for five weeks, and go home and be the exact same person. And be unchanged by the truth if you don't apply it. And so I challenge like, what is coming out of your lips? What's coming out of your mouth at the lunch table? Right? What are you talking about yourself all the time? Or things that are just pointless? You're going to have to stand before God one day and give an account for every single word that we give, that we speak out of our mouth. And that has to cause us to say, okay, what, what is coming out of my mouth? And, and it's just... It's, it's just a mirror. It's a reflection of what, what's in the heart. It's like, it, it's like a tree. A tree produces fruit, right? But the, pr- the product of that tree is only a reality of its roots and what's inside that tree. So if you have a corrupt tree, you'll get corrupt fruit. If you have a good tree, you get good fruit. And I was just thinking about this. If Turn real quick to uh, Galatians 5. And in verse 22. And this is the fruit of the Spirit. But I want to think specifically in regards to our tongue. So it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. When people get around you, does love come out of your mouth? Joy, is there a song on your lips? Is there, is, is, is there a joyfulness that comes out of you? Or is it, ah, I'm always down in the dumps? Peace, when there's hard things going on, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it chaos? Long-suffering. 
you take the time to talk through things with people? Or if they don't get it in 10 seconds, are you done with them? Kindness. Kindness. Like Proverbs 31 says, is, is your law, is your tongue the law of kindness? Goodness, which also could be um, benevolence. Is that proceeding out of your mouth? Faithfulness. Is your word good in what you say? Can people count on it? Gentleness. Are you gentle with your words or are you harsh and rash? Self-control. Do you have control of your tongue? This is the Holy Spirit. He says, against such, there is no law. There's none of those things where you can put a boundary on and say, you can only go this far. But God wants to do immensely in that, to have control in that. And it's interesting, so in verse 19, he first, he lists, he says, the works of the flesh are evident, and he gives a list. But he says then in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. Interesting, the flesh is a work. Right? It's what we do in our own strength to work up and reproduce. It has that kind of the idea of a factory, right? It's it can do all these things. And all the things that our flesh tries to do leads to death in all of those things. But the fruit, which is just an abiding relationship, the fruit is something that just comes out naturally because of who we are. And it will come out one way or another. So whether our works come out, what we're producing or it'll be the fruit of the Spirit. But either way, it's going to be what's inside coming out of us. And so, I would just challenge you guys to ask the Lord and say, Lord, search my heart. What is coming out of my lips? What's coming out of my heart? James finishes the book in verse, in chapter 5. And he shows what a healthy tongue is like. In verse 16, he says, Confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. That's a sign of a good tongue. And then he says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a like nature, with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again in the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. It shows what's a healthy tongue. A healthy tongue is one who, one, is one who prays the Lord. And the prayer of a righteous man will avail much. And we, because we can speak all day long and try to manipulate and get people to do things. But at the end of the day, unless God comes and works and moves, it's useless. And so prayer is a dependency. It's saying no, that I can't. And it's saying yes to him, that he is the only way that we can have change. And that, the Lord, and that, 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 that he can bring about change in situations that we're dealing with. And is, you know, to check to my own souls, what, 
where do I turn when I have difficult times? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. In other countries, it seems like, like they experience the, the miraculous things of the Lord so much more regularly than we do in America. And I think one of the reasons why is because we are so slow to ask for it. It's like, well, if all else fails, pray. Where God wants us to come right to him first and pray. Before anything else, turn to the Lord and ask him to work in you. But that's only going to come, come about if our heart is yielded and given to him. So, that's just my simple encouragement to you today. Is check where you're, where you're, what's coming out of your mouth. Because that's only an overflow of what's in the heart. And if that's not what it should be, allow the Lord to change that. I know the Lord's, the Lord's refining me and doing that in me. I, <laughs> you know, words are so funny. We can never take them back. We can ask for forgiveness for him, but we can never undo completely what we did. I was, a couple weeks ago, I and my girlfriend, Jenna, we were out together. And she said something to me that was truth, and I needed to hear, but it hurt. It was good, and I'm happy she said it. But I responded out of my flesh, and I said, Eight words that were like a sword. And I'm like, oh. And I couldn't take it back. And the damage was done. And I was even talking to her about last night that it's still hurtful. And so I'm like, Lord, like, that's what I don't want that. I don't, I, the Lord needs to do work in me so that, so that he's changing me so that it's not just immediately what I think comes out of my mind when I'm hurt, but what does God's spirit want to say? And so saying he's working in me to not let me stay where I'm at, but to say, Joe, what's in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth? And is it being governed by the spirit of God or is it being governed by you? And that's a daily death that I have to go through to say, no, no, no. Holy Spirit, you lead and guide me, not me. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that our tongues are yours. You bought them and paid for them at the cross. And Lord, would our tongues be governed by your spirit? And Lord, if there's things that are coming out of our lips that are not pleasing to you, Lord, that are just the overflow of our heart of evil and corruption and sin. Lord, would you reveal that to us? Lord, would you so convict all of our hearts, Lord, that we wouldn't stay there, that we wouldn't allow that to remain in our lives, but we would repent and turn from it. Lord, I need you to do this in me. I don't want to stay where I'm at. Lord, I want, I want 
more of the life of Jesus to be in me, Lord. As, as John said that, Lord, that, that you must increase and that I must decrease. And Lord, that be the reality in my life, Lord, that it would be more and more and more and more of your life in me and less of me, Lord. So as people get around me, Lord, they wouldn't just be seen me, but they would be seeing your life. The fruit of the Spirit would be so evident in my life that, that the reality of Jesus would be undeniable because they see my life. But truly, it's just your life in me. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just convict each one of us, Lord. And not let us stay where we're at. Just ask this, Lord, that you would just give clarity in this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.